What is going on, everyone? This is Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. And here in today's episode, we are going to be covering week two of NFL free agency. So last week, we saw a lot of big names come off the board. But just as much this week, we saw a lot more people get signed, and we're going to be here and talking about it. So let me introduce you guys now to the rest of the crew. What is going on, guys? It is Connor, the co-host with the most. And I'm um, going a little bit out of order here, as you might realize here in a, in a second. But um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about this. Uh, unfortunately, I have not been too happy with what the Steelers have been doing. Um, you know, I know we don't have a lot of money, but we certainly could have invested it elsewhere. We'll also get to that later. But I'm excited to talk about the rest of these guys. And, you know, hopefully the teams are happy with what they've done. <laughs> And what's up, guys? It's Nate here. I thought last week when we recorded that the Pats made a pretty, you know, crazy huge free agent haul. And uh, since then, they've even added more, more uh, pieces to the roster. So it's been a crazy week across the whole league. So I'm excited to talk to the guys about what's happened here. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you didn't hear Eric's voice in the intro. Unfortunately, we don't have Eric on for today's episode, but... Uh, hopefully he'll be back with us next week to talk in that episode. But let's go ahead and get started, guys. And we want to start off first with the still free agent. So this is now one complete week without being signed yet. So this is definitely the lower tier. I mean, they still were obviously good enough to make our top 35 list. But still, these guys, for whatever reason haven't yet found a new team yet and uh, obviously we'll still keep track of this but this will be the last time we really talk about them on air on the podcast but uh some of those people include Jadevian Clowney uh Melvin Ingram (laughs) Jadevian Clowney (laughs) yeah always waiting on him (laughs) uh Alejandro Villanueva Eric Fisher Richard Sherman and also Alex Smith, too, counts on this list as well as a quarterback. So uh, those are the guys still outstanding. Like Connor was saying, we have no there's no clue with Clowney, really. I mean, it's it could be June before we know. Um, <laughs> Most likely it won't be till September, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this list, uh, to me, the one I'm a little bit surprised that hasn't signed yet is Fisher, just because I think he was the second best left tackle on the market and we already we saw Trent Williams resign so I'm a little bit surprised Fisher hasn't found another team yet maybe the injury is keeping some teams away from him but I expect him to be one of the next on this uh list to be signed but Connor what about you I know you think uh Melvin Ingram's gonna land somewhere soon right yeah I mean I'm kind of not surprised that it, that he's kind of fallen this far just because he is an older player um I mean, I know even thinking about in uh, in our Madden franchise when I'm where I'm the Chargers, you know, I uh, I took a while to re-sign him one time because I'm sure, you know, some of these older players, they want longer deals. And most of the time, teams only really want to sign them to like one or two year deals because they don't want them for too long. But the, out of everybody on this list who's left, uh, Melvin Ingram's the only one that I've heard of that's actually like visited with someone. He did go and visit with the Kansas City Chiefs, so... Um, obviously that means that these play, you know, these players are obviously talking to, you know, GMs and whatnot across the league, but he's the only one that's actually gone and visited anyone. So, um, you know, that's a good sign moving forward that he could probably be signed here in the next couple of days. 
Yeah, definitely. And it'll be interesting. Sherman, too, is really interesting to see where he's going to go because a lot of the corners have already... It's like corner... It was Last week was the corner week. All the corners got signed except for Sherman, so... It's kind and all of the, like, and all the edge rushers except for Ingram. yeah, <laughs> so it's kind of like um, it's kind of like limiting his options now, so to say. Like there's definitely less places for him to go to after all the the cornerback uh, circus, which that really was this year. I saw a lot of people shift teams in the on the cornerback uh, market, but um, we're gonna go ahead now and talk about the people that have signed. So these are the rest of our top 35 lists of players. And uh, just a uh, warning uh, heads up. We got a lot of them wrong. Uh, there's some <laughs> we did get right. <laughs> we did get hey, some you know, right. It, you know, I will say that at first when I was seeing all this red, I was like, oh, you know, like this sucks. You know, we're getting all these wrong. We look stupid. But, you know, comparing it to last time around, you know, there's six people left. And, um, you know, I know, obviously, I will say Zach's obviously having a bad time, but at least for Nate and I, we've gotten seven right, and the record last year was ten, so... You know, and actually, get... and last year was actually easier, too, because we didn't include... This was after franchise tags, so there was some people on that um, list last year that we figured would get franchise oh, tags. Oh, yeah, that's right. We, we had, like, Dak Prescott yeah, and, like, yeah, someone yeah. and a couple other people on there, yeah. so... So yeah, so this make this honestly seven this year I think is already better than getting ten of last year. But um, <laughs> but obviously, like you said, I'm not having too good of a year. But uh, let's start with these quarterbacks. So um, we have the red rifle here. So much orange on this picture here with his hair and now his new team. Uh, Andy Dalton going and the to Broncos logos over there underneath. Yeah, Broncos Trubisky are around there. <laughs> um, it's it's. The color fits uh, with this guy's hair color. But, um, yeah, Andy Dalton goes to the Bears. We all got this one wrong, of course. Uh, we thought he would stay in Texas with either the Texans or Cowboys. But um, going to the Bears, one I think it's a one-year, $10 million deal. And he was actually asked at the start of one of his press conferences, like, what made you want to come here? And he said, they told me I'd be the starter. Um, so, obviously, if they end up trading for Russell Wilson, that's not going to be the case. But... I think that's come and gone now. So it looks like Andy Dalton will be starting next year. Um, honestly, uh, it's a bad move, I think, in my opinion, because I, I I think Foles would actually be better than Andy Dalton, and they're already paying him a ton of money. So then they added on top. They're paying like $30 million to this quarterback room of Andy Dalton and Nick, and Nick Foles, like, I'm shocked that the G that they haven't fired their GM yet. Like I can understand why Bears fans are always so mad. Like they've swung the the Bears GM Ryan Pace. He paid Mike Glennon. He drafted. He traded up to pick Trubisky. Traded for Foles and now signed Andy Dalton. And and what confidence do they have in that anymore? What why did they think he's going to get it right next time? So sorry for Bears fans, but I don't know. Do any of you guys see this in more of a positive light than I do? No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> okay. Basically, it's a lateral move from Nick Foles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think the the Bears QB situation is still a dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah. So some things in the NFL never change, uh, and the Bears' bad quarterback uh, streak will continue. Um, moving on now to the next guy. This was a surprise to me. I I didn't expect to see him go to Buffalo, but Mitch Trubisky was next on our list and we all had him to the Broncos and Texans getting that one wrong but 
He goes to be Josh Allen's backup for one year. Um, I think this is a good move for Mitch because if Allen was to get hurt, obviously he's going to be on a good team. So he would have a chance to get some wins and possibly earn a bigger contract next year. So I think it was actually a smart choice for him. And I think it was good for the Bills to get somebody who has experience being a backup. You know, they don't need a backup to be like a quote-unquote mentor backup. They just need a backup that has experience. So uh, Trubisky, I think, fits that pretty well. Connor, what do you think about this uh, for the Bills? Yeah, I think it was a good move. I mean, I was initially skeptical about it because, you know, I was thinking to myself, how much are they actually going to pay this guy? Because, you know, he's not worth a lot. But I saw it's only a one-year deal worth $3.5 million. And, you know, my dad was like... My my dad, who's the Bills fan, you know, he he liked the move. He thought that they maybe could have gotten him for a little bit less. But, you know, I still think it's a good move because, like you said, they have a backup who has experience. And with the way that Josh Allen plays, like, obviously he's gotten better about, you know, staying in the pocket and looking downfield and all that. But, you know, he does still like to run. So um, there is always that possibility that he can get hurt. And having a backup like Mitchell Trubisky um, could really help them because, you know, we've seen what happens to other teams where, as soon as their starter comes down, goes down, the backup coming in is some dude who's like, you know, who's either a rookie who's never played a single snap or it's some dude who's like floated around between like four or five teams over his four or five seasons in the league and has only played like, you know, one or two games. So having a backup quarterback that has experience is important. I mean, I've seen it happen to the Steelers. I've seen it happen to the Packers when Aaron Rodgers goes down. Like it can just completely destroy the team. And like you said, the Bills have weapons that Trubisky can get the ball to, so and a much better offensive line than the Bears had, so he's not going to be running for his life. So I like the move. I think it's good, and I, I think I heard that they're going to cut Matt Barkley, who was their other backup, so so that way they're not you know paying two backup quarterbacks on the roster. Yeah, d- definitely. Um, so let's move on to the rest of the list. So these are the other non-quarterbacks that we have on the list, and... Uh, we're going to start it off with a guy who just got a lot of money, um, and that's going to be Kenny Galladay. So the former Lions receiver ends up going to the New York Giants, and this was a little surprising, actually, but all four of us picked him to go to the Giants, and we all got credit for it. So that was uh, I'm pretty sure that was the only uh, free agent that we all agreed on, all four of us, and all got it right for. So uh, that's, that's pretty cool, but... I'm curious to see how you guys think about this move. I'll start with Nate. Um, Obviously, they paid a lot of money for him. Uh, Do you think it was smart for the Giants to do this? And how do you think this is going to... you think he'll live up? Or do you think that that he's going to be way overpaid? Um, So I think... I think it was good that Giants went on got a wide receiver. I think just from a totally football standpoint, I think he's going to be great across from uh, um, Slayton. And then you got hopefully Saquon coming back healthy. That's a good thing for their offense. But I do think they did spend a lot of money um, on his contract. And I think that might hurt them in the long run just because well, I think it really depends on how Daniel Jones does this year, I guess, is how good that contract's going to look in a couple years from now. Because if he flops and they have to move on from him, it's, it's going to be like, it's almost kind of like dead money there. You're paying a wide receiver if you don't have, you know, to pay a receiver that kind of money and not have someone to, to throw him the ball is, you know, not a great um, investment, I guess, in my mind. So I think it's more so, you know, if Daniel Jones takes a step forward and he's, you know, throwing the ball all over the place, it's going to look like a good deal. But 
Um, I think it's kind of a risky move there. I guess. <laughs> yeah. How about how about you, Connor? What do you what do you think about this? Do you think this was a, a winning move for the Giants or or not? Well, I think for me, it's just going to depend on you know the Giants right now. Their offense is a poster child for a hospital room. He's had two seasons now in a row where he's gone down with season ending. Well, he didn't have a season ending injury uh, the year after his rookie year, but he had a lot of injuries that season and missed a lot of time. And then obviously tore his ACL last season. Kenny Galladay has a lengthy history with injuries. You know, he, (laughs) I, I don't know how I managed to win the fantasy championship this year when he was like the first or second receiver I took in the draft because he ended up being a complete waste of time for me. He only ended up playing in like four or five games. So, um, you know, it seems like he's always hurt. And, you know, Daniel Jones, we've seen what he does with the weapons that he has right now in Sterling Shepard and Slayton and Evan Ingram. Like, you know, the Giants offense can't get it done. They had to rely on their defense this year. And if Galladay and Saquon start having injury problems again, then this is just going to turn into what it was always. You know, you're basically going to be paying Galladay all this money to be in a hospital room somewhere. So, <laughs> I mean, that's a little bit over dramatic. It's not going to be that bad, but... Um, he won't be in a hospital room, but you're going to be paying him to sit at home, basically. So I don't know. I, I understand why they went and got him, because, you know, with the fact that the Buccaneers were obviously going to franchise tag Chris Godwin, Galladay was the only, like, true number one receiver that was going to be available. Because a lot of these other guys, like Curtis Samuel, Will Fuller, um, what was the other guy? Um Juju, yeah, you know, these guys, Corey, like Davis. They're, Corey Davis, none of these guys are really true number one wide receivers except for Galladay. So, again, I understand why they did it, but I don't know. It just seems like maybe they could have invested in someone like Curtis Samuel because, you know, sometimes having like two or three really good like number two wide receivers could be just as good as having one number one wide receiver um so i don't know yeah. i think it, i i don't like the move honestly if everyone stays healthy then i think it could work out but i just don't have enough faith in daniel jones to take that next step either so i don't yeah. like the move yeah i'm in agreement with you connor i i'm not a as big of a fan of this as giants fans seem to be on twitter but uh, moving on now, this is uh, <laughs> the NFC East is getting a lot of new people here with uh, with this list. But uh, Anthony Harris, the former safety for the Vikings, we all got his predictions wrong. He goes to the Philadelphia Eagles and it was I want to say it was like a one year, eight million deal. So this was a bit surprising to me. I think this was this was one of the signs where you look at it and you're like, this is obviously a covid signing because. Um, with the salary cap going down, teams can't offer a, as big of a contract as they used to. And uh, players then have to take less money, typically. Now, Galladay's signing, if looking at his contract, I wouldn't have guessed that it was a COVID year. But Anthony Harris, one year, the $8 million, that's definitely like a COVID sort of, let me get to free agency in the next offseason when the cap goes way out so I can get a lot more money. So I think it was good for the Eagles. I think it's... I think it was smart for him just to take the one-year thing because he'd been on franchise tags before. So I like the move for the Eagles, but ultimately um, just adding a safety does not really push the needle for you. Their defense still isn't very good. They had to let go of a lot of guys like Malik Jackson and others. So I'm still not a big fan of the Eagles, but 
it this was a good move at least at least they did bring in somebody and if they can re-sign him to a long-term deal then i like it a lot more but uh just kind of like a miss signing there um moving on now to another receiver we talked about a little bit earlier curtis samuel uh formerly for the panthers he's going to join all of his ohio state buddies it seems like at uh at washington and it's always like a reunion for Washington. All these it seems like all these Carolina players go to Rivera in Washington, and for some reason they draft a lot of Ohio State players. But um, well, and somehow none of us anticipated that he'd be going to join Rivera. <laughs> I know we, one of us should have gotten that pick. I I should have uh, probably done that. But uh, yeah, so going to the football team, I like this move a lot. Um, this is I think better. This is more meaningful than the Galladay signing, I think, because uh, I trust Fitzpatrick more than I trust Daniel Jones. So, which that's not saying a lot, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but he can have some good games, and their de- their offense definitely has weapons, and it's definitely Fitz is going to be going in a situation that I think arguably is better than what Miami's situation was last year. When you look at how good the defense is and the other playmakers they have on offense, so. I think that this is a win signing for the for the football team, um, and they could get him for a little bit less money, I think, than they normally could because of COVID. So, uh, Connor, how do you feel about the Samuel signing for uh, Washington? I like it a lot. Um, like you said, I think Washington's in a great spot right now. I think they really took the right approach to free agency this season. Um, you know, I know you had Anthony Harris going to the Washington football team, but I think it was really smart of them to just focus on offense because that defense was already fantastic last season, especially the front seven. I mean, the secondary could definitely use some work. Anthony Harris would have helped, but, um, you know, the front seven is one of the best in football at the moment. So I think it was really smart of them to get a few more weapons because really, but last season, their only receiving threat was Terry McLaurin. So to bring in another receiver, because McLaurin, he's definitely developing into a number one receiver. So Curtis Samuel, he can definitely be a good number two. He's obviously a gadget guy. You can use him with end of rounds. He can come out of the backfield. He can do whatever you need. Um, you know, he's one of these jack-of-all-trades players. So Curtis Samuel, I think, was a good signing for them. And I think it's really a step in the right direction. Could possibly put them on top of the NFC East if they do everything, you know, if Fitzpatrick pans out for them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They're they're looking better than they did last year. Uh, next on our list here is Keanu Neal from the uh, Atlanta Falcons, and he's kind of an interesting story. He's uh, signing with the Cowboys, which you guys all got correct, but uh, it seems like he's going to transition to linebacker, and I know he was uh, a big like box safety um, with the Falcons, but uh, for some reason, I think he's going to be a full-time linebacker, um, which is interesting. I think the Cowboys need help there, but uh, ultimately, I think this is a this is a similar story to Galladay, where it's like even more so with him. It's I don't know how good this move is going to be because I don't know if he's going to be there for a full season because he typically doesn't play a full season. Um, so if he does, I think that's good for Dallas. They needed to get people on that defense, but just one guy who can contribute, I don't think is going to push the needle for me. Um, but next on our list here is definitely a big splash in free agency and that's Trent Williams. And he re he stays with San Francisco. Um, there is, I, I saw a thing that 
the Chiefs were actively pursuing him, and he thought he would sign with the Chiefs, but he ended up coming back to to San Fran. Uh, the contract it's really structured in a way; it's a six year contract, but it's really structured to be a three year contract, and then they'll probably renegotiate or release him after the third year because um, of how much money it is, but. He stays with San Francisco, and this is a huge, huge, huge plus, in my opinion, for San Francisco. Uh, they need to keep him because their offensive line's not great, but he was definitely their best contributor, and left tackle is really important. So, Nate, do you want to talk at all a little bit about um, how big you think this was for San Fran to get this deal done and keep Trent Williams? Yeah, man, I think that's a pretty huge deal for them. Um, definitely Looks like now they're going to be rolling with Jimmy G for sure. There was some rumors that he was maybe going to get traded uh, earlier in the offseason. It looks like he's still there as of right now. So I think um, I think it's good to get him, get this guy locked up, keep Trent Brown in town, and <laughs> kind of didn't mean to rhyme that, but um, um, I think it's huge to keep Trent your... Brown staying in town. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The headline there, but um, a poem by Nathan McCutcheon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, but I think it's a good move to um, keep your O line strong and uh, not let a not let a guy get like that get away from you. Yeah, speaking of poems, uh, that reminds me of a of a little poem I made when the Jaguars signed uh, Chris Mayford. <laughs> so I'll go ahead and uh, oh, recite yeah. this uh, to you guys. I, I said, I, I think I said something like, uh, "Man, oh man, I wish we got Ertz." Too bad we're stuck with Mannerts. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, I was, uh, it was something like that. Hold on, I had to. Yeah, that was it was funny. I was, to do work, I was at work. Find it. I was at work when you said that. I was like, <laughs> oh my goodness, because I, I was like, that was when Jacksonville was like really making those like head scratcher ah, yeah, moves. That was, that was before. It, yeah, it was just <laughs> so. like, what is going on here? And, and like you and like you just sent me a gif too of like I think it was. It was the one before Manhurts. I can't remember who they signed. It was someone I'd never heard of. I was like, oh, the Jags like just got this. And you were like, oh, who? And I said his name. And you just sent me this gif of this dude like face planting into a mattress. And I was like, oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I definitely felt that way. Um, so maybe, uh, yeah. So we'll move on now um, to talk about some more players on the list. Hunter Henry is up next. And he goes to New England and quite a, a shocker of a signing. I, I remember uh, talking about uh, Hunter Henry and just kind of skipping it. I said, yeah, I, I think he'll go to New England and then kind of moved on. But then I was like, but this is obviously not going to happen anymore. And then it did end up happening. So I look kind of funny about saying that. But I really didn't expect after Johnny Smith went there that New England would sign him. But um, Nate, just... I, how do you feel about this? Like paying like two of the top five highest paid tight ends, I think now on the Patriots, like obviously it's risky, but do you think it'll end up working out? Yeah. So this one was like, I was surprised by the moves they made last Monday. And this one was even more surprising that they pay up for um, two guys at the same position like that. I think it definitely can work out. I think obviously that, you know, Belichick knows what he's doing, I would hope. Um, I think he just has, they have so much money to spend right now. I think might as well go all in. I think this kind of gets them back to, you know, the 12 uh, personnel sets that like to run. You know, they haven't really had the ability to do that since, you know, 2013. I think 
2013, you know, when they had Aaron Hernandez and Gronk on the same team, and they were both in their primes, and they kind of got a similar situation here. I mean, they got two. Uh, Henry's been dinged up, but Johnny Smith is, like, middle of his prime, so I think you get two guys like that. Um, it kind of compensates for, you know, they've got average receiver play now, and then you got um, a dual-threat quarterback like Cam Newton in, in the backfield, I think. Um, that really kind of makes their offense a lot more like versatile because those are two guys that are going to be matchup issues. Just, just one of them is a matchup issue with themselves. And now it's like you got two guys that are kind of in that mold where it's like too big uh, to cover with a safety and too fast to cover with a linebacker on uh, Janu's part. So it's, I don't know, I think it, it's a big risk with how much money they're putting into it, but I think it has the potential to, you know, pay off huge. Uh, form in terms of what their offense is going to be able to do going forward. Yeah, I. Yeah, you want to say something, Connor? Yeah, no, I think it's going to be. I, I think what Nate said, like it's going to be, it's going to put them back in that old offense that they were doing. It's, I don't know, I, I like the move for the Patriots. I think because at first I did kind of like Nate, I kind of scratched my head, but I was like, oh well, you know, actually it makes sense. Like they like to run two tight end sets, so. You know, if you're going to do it, you might as well get two good ones rather than having, like, you know, yeah. John o. Smith next to, like, you know, Chris Manhurts over here. The, the so. double I had last year. Yeah. Like, I can't right, right. Well, so. I, also yeah, found yeah. Your, I also found your poem, too. You were like, I thought we'd trade for Ertz. Instead, we got Manhurts. Man, oh, man, this really hurts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew there was, like, a third yeah. rhyme in there. I couldn't remember it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was my poem about that. But, um, yeah, moving on now, guys, uh, <laughs> to another former Charger player on this list, Desmond King. So this is what I was talking about. The corners, like, it was, we knew what teams needed corners, and they just kind of all went from different team to different team. So he ends up going to the Houston Texans. We all got this one wrong, but um, obviously, like, I know how bad the Texans situation is, but, like, People were saying before free agency, like, who's going to want to sign with Houston? But, like, if they're going to offer you money, like, you're going to take it. You know, you're not going to you're not going to go not go to the Texans just because they're a complete mess right now. You know, and they're still a complete mess by a lot of their signings. But I think Desmond King was a good one for him. I still think he can be productive. And uh, he was one of their better signings. But they had a lot of head scratchers for sure. Um, and then next up here is an is a running back here, Chris Carson. Um, he's going to stay in Seattle. So Carson, we all thought he would leave, go to the AFC East teams, but he stays with Seattle. Um, I don't know how I feel about this because obviously Seattle values running backs, but his he just hasn't been available much for him. And running backs are such a disposable position where you can go to the draft and get some. And I think they still have Rashad Penny even maybe. So like, um, I'm not sure. I think the Seahawks should have spent their money elsewhere instead of bringing back Carson, especially since he's been injured for so much. Um, or do you think that this is a good move for him? Yeah, this was definitely a head scratcher move in my opinion. Um, you know, it's especially when you look at what happened with Seattle last season, like where was the downfall? And it was definitely on the defensive side. Um, <clears throat> You know, I know we're going to get to Shaq Griffin next, and I de- they made a push to bring him back. I don't know if it was because – I don't know if he left because the Seahawks didn't offer him enough money 
if that was the case or whether it was they didn't offer him enough or if they didn't have enough that's the real question there because if it was if it was because they didn't have enough then yeah you know other teams had more money he's gonna go where the money is but um if it was because they didn't offer him enough then i think that's a huge failure on the part of the seahawks because the defense was the downfall the offense i mean you know you still have russell wilson like you said carson was hurt a lot last season they still managed to do without him and you can get a running back from anywhere so um really it's if i was them after Shaq Griffin left, instead of investing in bringing back Chris Carson, I would have invested in going after offensive line at that point. Um, thinking like, okay, yeah. we're not like we're not going to get Shaq Griffin back. You know, let's go after offensive line, get Russell Wilson some protection, or maybe you know get an offensive lineman to open up holes in the run game because bringing back Chris Carson doesn't change anything. They still have a terrible offensive line that's not going to open up holes for him. So. I don't know. It was it was a real head scratcher. I was like, really? Like they're re-signing Chris Carson? Why? I, yeah, I don't understand. It, it was weird. It was weird, and they gave him a lot of money too. That was one that like I was surprised because, um, like I said earlier with the pandemic thing, like his did not look like a pandemic contract. So uh, surprised by that by Seattle. Um, and then next, like like you were talking about earlier, his former teammate Shaq Griffin. He goes to, I guess I should say Shaquille because he has a twin that's named <laughs> Sha- uh, Shaquem, right, Nate? Is yes, that Shaquem. Oh, Shaquem. So, yeah, so you have to, you can't just say Shaq Griffin because there's two of them. But uh, the the one that was obviously garnering more attention, uh, he plays cornerback and he's coming back to the state of Florida to play with the Jaguars. So this was the really the first um signing by the Jaguars that I really got excited about because uh, the idea of him and Henderson on the outside, uh, someone was like, um, someone even said uh, it's similar to the Ramsey situation because um, in Jalen Ramsey's second year, obviously Jalen Ramsey went to FSU, uh, Shaq, uh, and, and CJ Henderson's going into a second year. He went to Florida. Shaq Henderson went to Shaq. I mean, not Shaq Henderson. Shaq Griffin went to um, UCF and came in as a free agent, similar to AJ Boye. So it's a little weird, but I, I'm still a big fan of it. Um, they needed another outside corner, um, and they were able to re-sign some other corners too that I like. So uh, as far as the corner position goes for the Jags, I think it's looking a lot better than it did last year. So. I'm a fan of this. They needed to add somebody on defense, and it seems like he's ready to work and get ex- and get going. Nate, um, I'll let you talk about this since obviously he's the former UCF guy. And what do you expect him to be on? Be like for the Jags, um, like a shutdown guy or um, like a zone guy? Yeah. So I mean, kind of like what you touched on. I think this is. I like the move. I think he kind of is a guy that can go across from Henderson and I don't know. He wasn't necessarily shut down. I think when I watched him in Seattle, he wasn't like, you know, prime Richard Sherman or even Jalen Ramsey, but I think he is a very solid corner and he's a, um, kind of like a bigger guy with, um, like a longer reach and all that. So I think, um, it's really gonna be helpful to have him across from, uh, Henderson. I think that's going to be a great duo there. And I think they can kind of mix and match them almost to where, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think one of those guys is like way better than the other. It's kind of like, you know, Ramsey and Boye to an extent. So I think they can kind of like flip flop and based on the matchups and all that. So I think it's a good 
way to kind of like you know takes a little bit of pressure off Henderson too. I would I would bet not having oh, to be the, the top dog there as a yeah. second year player. Yeah, and he can be a voice in that room too, like the veteran voice to help him out. So I'm a fan of it. Um, speaking of the corners, we have another one. I think this might be the last one on the list. I don't know, but uh, William Jackson. Actually, it's not. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, William Jackson, um, formerly of the Bengals. The Bengals could not keep their, their defensive playmakers. They let them all walk. Um so not good for the Bengals, but we, we already, already talked about how they let Carl Lawson go and yeah, bring in Trey Hendrickson last week. Yeah, for more money. That was crazy. Um, but he ends up, uh, William Jackson ends up going to the Washington football team. So this is another, almost, I almost kind of forgot about this. I almost forgot Washington had brought him in, but that's another big addition. Like Connor was talking about earlier, their defense was already good, but their secondary could be better. And they end up getting him instead of um, Anthony Harris, which I think corners are more important than safeties anyway. So uh, good move for Washington. Just another reason why they had a really good free agency, I think, and why Washington could be the favorite really to win the division next year. Um, well, I will I will say before you move on from yeah. uh, William Jackson, like I know there is still one more corner to go, but I would like to point out that honestly – this offseason or this free agency, in my opinion, in terms of the corner market, this has been a complete failure on the part of the Atlanta Falcons and the Denver Broncos to not go out and get a cornerback. Because you could tell, like, except for this last corner on our list, literally all these corners, at least, you know, at least one of us had them going to either the Falcons or the Broncos, especially the Broncos. Well, all of us had the Broncos getting one of these corners. I will and... say the the Broncos did end up getting that um Kendall Fuller or Kyle Fuller with um from the Bears. They the Bears had to cut cut uh Fuller. Oh, did he sign corner. with the Broncos? I didn't he signed with that. the Broncos. Yeah, he did sign with the Broncos. Oh, okay. He well, obviously wasn't on our list because he was still on the team by then, but right. he was a cut and signed, so okay, they ended well, up the, getting it. But the Falcons, go. you're right. Yeah, no, complete failure on the part of the Falcons, because like, you know, again, defense is where some of these teams fail and the Falcons didn't. It seems like I think it seems AJ like Boye is the only one left that I, I can right. Which I mean, Sherman, Boye, right. Boye pretty much had his one good season in yeah, Jacksonville and has, hasn't washed. been good since. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, Sherman is he's a washed up veteran. Like I'm sure he's still good, but you know the Falcons really needed to go out and get one of these guys like Jackson or Desmond King, and they just didn't do it. Yeah, they they couldn't. <laughs> um, so we're continuing with the former AFC north players here and gonna talk about actually they're both staying in the afc north but uh juju smith schuster so uh <laughs> who would have known with him but he ends up coming back to the steelers and i know connor will have some words for this i'll just say this uh before connor goes on his uh his position about this i i don't think it's that big of a deal because it's a one-year thing um but I'm just surprised that he ended up going back to Pittsburgh after he was talking about, I think he voted that he wouldn't go back to Pittsburgh. Obviously he wanted to go back, but at the end of the right before free agency started, it seemed like he wouldn't. But I think this just shows you from what the other teams offered was not what he wanted. And I think really he realized that, his best bet is to be with the Steelers because it's the best chance for him to get production and maybe get a big contract next off season. But I think 
there were so many more wide receivers ahead of him in free agency that were more valuable than him, and he had to kind of wait to sign. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't think this does a whole lot because Steelers already have a lot of good receivers, so he might just get lost in the sauce. I don't know. Um, but go ahead, Connor. Uh, share us your thoughts about this <laughs> and if you're upset or not uh, with Juju coming back. <laughs> well, I will say I appreciate I appreciate that he was that loyalty to him was important. You know, I appreciate that in a player because you see it nowadays with pretty well every player that no matter what it is, like they'll go chase the money. Because Juju, he got a bigger offer from teams. Like he got an offer from the Ravens, who have been so desperate for a wide receiver and have not gotten one. Even though it looks like they might be signing Sammy Watkins, which you know I don't know about him, but he's on he's a great receiver to some people. Um, but he's, you know, he got money from the Ravens. He got an offer from the Eagles. He got an offer from one other team. I can't remember. Um, uh, the Chiefs, I think. Maybe the Chiefs. I don't know. But he got an offer from another team, and he basically turned them all down, which they were all either slightly more salary or they were the same salary plus, like, incentives. But the Steelers basically offered him a base $8 million salary, and that's it. Like, nothing more. No incentives, no big, you know, bonus, no big guaranteed money. And he he decided to stay. Now, like I said, again, I appreciate the loyalty, and I think he's a good receiver, but... It's just not, if I was the Steelers, this is not where I would have spent my money at all. You know, I pretty much understood that we weren't going to be able to get, you know, everyone back. But, you know, between Bud Dupree and Mike Hilton and, you know, a couple of these other guys, Vince Williams on the defense. Alu Alu. Alu Alu. Like, between all these guys on the defense, you know, we decided that we were going to spend our money on bringing Juju back. Which, again, I don't understand that at all. I feel like I know we definitely probably couldn't have brought Dupree back, especially, you know, seeing how the Titans gave him the $16.5 million contract, which I think is ridiculous. Um, but, you know, I think we probably could have gotten Mike Hilton back. Um, or at least if we didn't get Hilton back, we definitely could have brought Alu Alu back and probably kept Vince Williams on the team. But instead, we didn't get Alu Alu back. We cut Vince Williams, and now because of this Juju signing, it sounds like the Steelers are going to be trying to shop Steven Nelson. Um, Like they basically granted him permission to seek a trade. I don't know if they're going to end up releasing him before the season starts. If he doesn't get traded, Um, you know, I know we, we brought back Cam Sutton on a deal, but it just seems like the wrong move for the Steelers. You know, we, we already have Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson and, uh, James Washington and Eric Ebron at the tight end position. It just seems like a the again the wrong place to put the money. Um, you know, even going out and getting a running back probably would have been a better option than bringing back Juju Smith Schuster. Oh yeah, so, <laughs> totally. I forgot James Conner was a free agent also. He right, saw like, him right. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't yeah. think so. I wouldn't yeah. want him back. But like, you know, even going out and get. I mean, maybe even getting Chris Carson would have been. I don't know if we would have gotten him for the money that he you know, went for, but just going out and getting something besides another wide receiver. For some reason, the past, like, you know, three or two or three seasons, the Steelers have just been in love with wide receivers. And it's like, I don't know if they're trying to revive the old Ben Roethlisberger or, 
you know, maybe try and get into another situation where they have a situation like with the killer bees when they had bell and Antonio Brown, but it's just disappointing to me that this is what happened. So, you know, who knows? Maybe I could be completely wrong. And next year, the Steelers are going to go to the Super Bowl and Juju's <laughs> going to be Super Bowl MVP. And we're all going to laugh about it. But yeah, I just don't see that being the case. I think they sacrificed, you know, keeping pe- keeping valuable pieces on that defense together to bring back a average, possibly third string wide receiver. So, yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, next, yeah, so we'll, this kind of goes back to what you're saying, Mike Hilton, uh, he was also on our list, he, uh, this is the other corner that you were talking about, he ends up going to the rival Bengals, so I know this must make you feel even worse about that, like, uh, they couldn't bring him <laughs> back, and then he goes to the, to the Bengals, I mean, it would have been worse if he went to the Ravens or Browns, but still, it sucks that you'll have to see him in a, in a different uniform twice a year, so, the Bengals get that corner replacement. I think um, I think it's a bit of a downgrade, kind of like the Carl Lawson thing that we're talking about. Like the Bengals, I just realized like they lost free agents and downgraded with the replacements, I think. But obviously they had to get somebody. Yeah. Um, so I definitely agree. It's, it's a bit of a downgrade. Cause I mean, Hilton's good. I like Hilton. Like yeah. he's a good player, but he's definitely not. He's definitely more of a, I don't know if you'd call him a nickel corner, but more of a slot corner. Yeah. Because like, you know, he's he's really great covering in the slot and he's a fantastic blitzer. He's the best blitzing cornerback in the league. But, you know, when you're trading William Jackson, who is a true like outside cornerback for Mike Hilton, it's like you're not trading the same thing. Like yeah. I, it's it's you're trading a number one corner for a slot corner. Yeah. So that's yeah. Um but um they they did get him and maybe he'll have it seems like these players always play really good against their former teams so he might come up big for him in those Steelers games um and then last and finally on our list here is going to be Will Fuller so he ends up signing with the Miami Dolphins i think we all kind of pictured the Dolphins signing a receiver i didn't think it'd be Fuller um personally i'm not a huge fan of this i think they needed to get a receiver for for Tua, but I would have rather them gotten an older guy, a little bit older of a guy, um, who's more of like a possession type of receiver that can jump up and get like fifty fifty balls, um, rather than like a deep threat guy like Fuller. And not to mention also too, Fuller is not all he's he has a very bad track record of availability, and you really want someone to be available for, for Tua. Um, obviously he's suspended week one as well. Um, so I'm not a huge fan of this. Nate, what about you? Do you think that this is good for Miami or do you think that they should have gotten a different wide receiver or do you think that, and also too, do you think this changes their draft position or do you think that this has no impact and they, they could still draft a receiver at pick number three? Yeah, so that's, I don't know, I've, I've kind of had different thoughts on this. I mean, I think Fuller is a solid receiver. He was always pretty good with the Texans, but I think, I don't really, I never really saw him as a star receiver, though. You know, I think he was always, like, kind of second string to DeAndre Hopkins while he was there, and then he came out on his own this year and didn't do a whole lot, and then got suspended for the uh, PEDs or whatever that was. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I that's not where I would have spent my money if I was the Dolphins. 
I guess. I mean, if I now that they've made that investment, I would maybe not go wide receiver with the the first pick um, that they have. Um, I would, if I was the Dolphins, I would probably either trade down or um, maybe try and target a different area of the roster. I'm trying to think who the who else could be they could make as a top pick, or even go after somebody now like Kyle Pitts. I mean, he's he might be a little bit high at three. Maybe they could trade back. Um, a couple of spots and get someone like him, but I don't think I would. Um, I would. I would probably, if I was the Dolphins, I would have probably saved the money and gone after a receiver. But now that they've uh, spent the money on Fuller, I would probably uh, look elsewhere with that pick than adding another guy to that receiver room. Yeah, and then I'll ask the same thing for uh, for Connor. Do you think that with the Dolphins getting Fuller, if they were to stay in at pick three? Do you think that means wide receivers are off the board or they should still take Chase or Smith um, at that pick? I mean, I wouldn't put it beyond them to think that maybe it could be an option just because, you know, what else are they going to get at that spot, in my opinion? Because their defense is still pretty solid. I think it's that was a really underrated part about the Dolphins last year was the defense. And it seems like they are fully committed to Tua. You know, there's been no... I know the Texans aren't taking calls and... Deshaun Watson has his own things going on right now, but you know, they didn't really, from what I heard, really make an offer to go after Deshaun Watson. So it seems like they're fully committed to Tua, you know, and I think it's, it's way too early to take a running back with the third pick. I mean, you know, you don't have a prospect like Saquon Barkley or anything out there right now. So um, I, I would, I'm maybe, I don't know what they do with this pick, but I wouldn't put wide receiver beyond them. Um, I said maybe Pitts or maybe if they can trade back slightly to maybe, you know, get Devontae Smith or someone like that. Because, you know, when you have a young quarterback like that, having receiving talent is never a bad thing. So having an abundance of it. So and really because his only receiving talent weapon at the moment is Devontae Parker. Like before they signed Will Fuller, it was really just Devontae Parker. So um, I could still see them doing it. I mean, maybe it'd be a good thing for them, especially if they can you know, parlay that to later in the draft with pick 18, getting Najee Harris, which I think a lot of people are, you know, it's one of those things like Najee Harris is not going to fall below the Dolphins at 18. So, yeah, um, you know, I, I really, I really wish the Steelers would try and trade up to get him, but um, he won't fall beyond that. So I could see it for sure. Wide receiver for the Dolphins, even with yeah. forward. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you guys on that. Um so yeah, that's gonna wrap free agency up. We're gonna be done talking about free agency now. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed listening to all that and all of our different takes. Um, just keep in mind, though, a lot of times uh, emotions run high for everybody, but you know, Super Bowls aren't handed out in March; they're handed out in February. So um, these these <laughs> winning free agent teams, uh, there's no guarantee that they'll pan out. So just kind of tell yourself that if your team didn't do many moves. I think actually the the Green Bay Packers are the only team so far not to have signed a player that played for another team. So that um, oh, so yeah, the Packers, I, saw, I, I saw that. Yeah, that's pretty apparently, crazy. apparently they're trying to like restructure Aaron Rodgers' deal apparently to try and uh, open up some room, but it's like okay, it's a little <laughs> bit too late for that. There's no <laughs> being clowny. Like. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's gonna wrap this episode, guys. Up. Hopefully you enjoy listening next week we will be back to talk we will play uh the game of this or that and it's going to be all about defense so stay tuned for that it's going to be a lot of fun until then remember be clutch bye yeah for eric 
Peace.